Welcome to the Mornings with Sue and Andy podcast for Thursday, September 14th. It's no secret that with the rising cost of living, many Canadians are having an incredibly difficult time making ends meet right now. We catch up with Bruce Celery, CEO of Credit Canada, for some tips on how to stretch your dollars and actually grow your savings account. The latest polling number from Abacus Data puts the Conservatives ahead of the Liberals by 15 points nationally. How can the Liberals turn it around and what does the future look like for Prime Minister Justin Trudeau? We'll talk with Tim Powers, political commentator and chairman of Summa Strategies. And finally, have supermarket prices come down over the last six months? We get the mornings with Sue and Andy crew together for another grocery cart comparison and the results may surprise you out this morning Equifax Canada saying credit card balances hit an all-time high of 107 billion dollars in this year's second quarter affordability cost of living our mortgage rates all of it means that maybe we just don't have much or anything in our savings accounts anymore. So how can we take some steps to cut back on our spending, perhaps rebuild our savings account? Joining us to talk about all things financial is our financial guru, Bruce Celery, CEO of Credit Canada. Hi, Bruce. I am way too wound to be considered a guru at anything because gurus need to be calm and able to sit cross-legged. And I'm a man of a certain age. I can't sit (laughs) cross-legged for more than five minutes. And I certainly couldn't stand up on my own. Our financial nut, Bruce Celery, is (laughs) it. That man of finance. Yes. That's it. Uh, It's just, it's gotten out of control, hasn't it? Yeah. It has. It really has. What uh, What I love, so we talk about lots of different things and what you... The seed you planted with me is we want to talk about savings. And we're going to talk about savings. But I want to um, give a caveat first here. Because a lot of our listeners are like, you're so funny. Savings. <laughs> I can't even pay my mortgage. Why doesn't he give us some tips on hotels on the moon? Because that is equally, <laughs> equally irrelevant to me. So we are going to talk about savings. And it's not to say that the debt part of our uh, financial world is resolved or covered. But I do think it is important to talk about how you save for the future. And I have three things. Three things okay. that I want to talk about in that regard. You Bring ready? You yeah. have time for oh, your three. Yes. No. Uh, you'll have time for my three. Are you kidding <laughs> we me? Have time I could do it in 30 yeah. seconds. No, no, we got why, time. Saying. Why, where, and how? And why is so important to think about first? Because sacrifice will be required, or at least change, at least a change in behavior, but for most people, some sort of sacrifice. So you need to know why you're doing that. You know, if you think about any area of life that you're going to change, be it what you eat or how you exercise, you need to know why. Otherwise, you're simply not going to do it Mm because it's no fun. The second reason why you have to start with why is it informs your plan. Like how much are you going to save? Where are you going to save it? All that stuff. So it could be, I want some peace of mind for retirement. I want the ability to spend on a little bit of something for me every once in a while. I need opportunity for my kids to get educated. So the why can be everything, you know, it could be a couple of things. It, it, it is a really, really critical question to ask first. Okay. So, That's our number one. Okay, you're, you're, you're like, okay, what is my why? What is my why? What yeah. is my why? Yep. The, the second one is the where. So the, Canada has um, an abundance of places you could save, and where you save that money is important because it needs to be a separate account. It can't be the slush that is um, – it's like the leftovers in the fridge. No, it cannot be that. It needs to be so- stored somewhere else such that you can see your progress and to reduce the likelihood 
that you're going to touch it. You know, like if you're going to have ice cream in the freezer, it really can't be in the freezer in the kitchen. It needs to be like in my neighbor's freezer. <laughs> Otherwise, I'm going to go eat it in the dark of night. Yeah. So uh, some examples would be a tax-free savings account. You could save there. You could save in a high-interest savings account, maybe at a different financial institution. <laughs> so when you go to check your online banking, you don't see that money. It's not there. You can't easily swap it in to cover the credit card. It could be in an RRSP if it's for retirement. It could be in an RESP if it's for kids' education. It could be an RDSP, uh, Registered Disability Savings Plan, if someone in your family uh, has a disability. It also could be a first home savings account, which is very, very new. We haven't talked lots about them. But if you're looking at buying a home, the FHSA could be a thing for you. So you've got your why. Mm -hmm. Now you're where. And I bet you're interested in the how. We Heck yeah. Oh, yeah. How do we do this? So what you need to do in order to increase your savings is increase cash flow. So you've got income coming in, you've got expenses going out, and you need to take a crowbar to that and widen the gap between those two things. Because for many people, it's negative. Like literally, you're putting groceries on your credit card and you can't pay it off at the end of the month. Or you are barely making ends meet. You are crawling to uh, payday on ramen noodles and a, and a banana. So you got to crowbar some space in that. And, and here's the method. Analyze, brainstorm, change. A, B, C. The analyze is what's coming in. Like what's the number? And maybe it's just one number because you're a paycheck person or maybe you've got a side hustle. Who knows? And then on the expenses, what's going out? And there are certain things that are fixed. Your rent is fixed. Your utility is fixed. Your mortgage payment's fixed. And then there's um, things that are variable, but they're needs. Your grocery bill, it's variable, but you have to have it. Mm -hmm. And then there's wants like entertainment or, you know, whatever else. Tickets to a sporting event. Lottery like tickets, as we've been talking about this morning. <laughs> No, did you talk? Oh, what? No, okay, that's a, that's not, that's a, a want, not a need is what I'm saying. Oh, I was going to say, I thought this was <laughs> Sue's strategy. <laughs> no, no, savings. no, 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 no. Right, here is what I'm going to do. I spent a thousand dollars on lottery <laughs> tickets. Every sit. Bruce, is that good? Is, is that, that, is that are you idea? authorizing <laughs> that? Should I do that? No. And so the analyze is like looking at those things and some of it's big stuff like, wow, what would be possible if we sold our second car? If we, I don't know, fill in the blank. Then the brainstorm is, what are the big ideas? We don't need small ideas. And it's not to say that small ideas like canceling some subscription, they can't be helpful. They're not game changers. And if you're going to make a sacrifice, you, you may want to make two big changes instead of 10 smaller ones. And it really depends on your circumstance and your life. Like for some families, taking out a major activity uh, in their life could make all the difference. And that's all they need to do. So they live their life as they always have, but they're not going to take a summer vacation or they're not going to leave the province for the summer vacation or whatever it is. Then the third part is the change. And you know, all these three things, these three steps are difficult, but committing to the change is the biggest one because um, it's really hard to follow through. And there is so much inertia. There are so many variables that hold our behavior in place, even when we have a strong vested interest. A, B, C. 
Wow, incredible. Yeah, you, you make it sound so easy. That's why yeah. we have you on. And even though you're not yeah. that flexible, we thought you were a guru, but we'll have to change that. <laughs> um, one more question, because you did reference paying off that credit card debt. A, a new uh, release from Equifax this morning says, the good news, the good news first, Canadians are slowing down their credit card spending. However, comes with the caveat that Equifax Canada says credit card balances hit an all-time high in our nation yeah. of $107 billion in this year's second quarter so uh you know if you find yourself out of that under that mountain of debt how do we start to tackle that well i feel like you should have couriered me an ativan before this segment (laughs) if you're gonna like throw a headline at like that at me um so how do we crawl out so so the thing about debt management is it is the same three steps analyze brainstorm change except for your cash flow surplus is not to save for a rainy day it's to hammer down that credit card debt uh listen it is a brutal challenge for people right now with all the things that we've talked about 14 million times inflation and interest rates and all that but that's where it begins it's like write it all down so there's a piece of paper or a spreadsheet that has the lender it has the outstanding amount in total it has the minimum payment and it has the date and then you're going to look at that piece of paper and like okay if we can crowbar out an extra hundred dollars a month where are we going to put that so it's we're covering more than just the minimum payment on those cards we have a, some hope that we're going to take those balances to zero because that is a huge priority. And I don't for a second minimize how hard that is for people to do. It is brutal, but the payoff is dramatic. If you're carrying that interest and it could be costing you hundreds of dollars in interest, if you could snap your fingers and have that interest costs disappear, Mm -hmm. then you flip into, oh, yeah, like I was just hammering that credit card debt down. As soon as that's done, if you hold on to that spending behavior, you could then be saving a couple hundred bucks a month. So that's the big wow. And it's a tough, tough road to get there. Not easy, but has to be done. And we love your tips. Always great. Always makes you think, that's for sure. Thanks so much for joining us and uncross your legs because you're going to be really stiff for the rest yeah, of the day you're, if you don't. You're welcome and namaste. And I'm going for some naproxen <laughs> right now. Bruce Celery, CEO of Credit Canada. You can go online, his website, moolala.ca or creditcanada.com. Thanks so much, Bruce. The federal Liberals heading into their caucus retreat and the latest data from Abacus Data putting the Liberals 14 points behind the Conservatives in national polling. So what does the future look like for Prime Minister Justin Trudeau and what has led to this, really it's become quite a quick rise of Pierre Polyev and the Conservatives. Joining us to talk about it is Tim Powers, political commentator, chairman of Summa Strategies and managing director of Abacus Data. Morning Tim, thanks so much for being with us. Morning, good to be with you guys. And by the way, new poll this morning, the Conservatives now have 15-point lead over the Liberals. So it only continues to go up. I mean, obviously, there's no one reason or answer, but can you see anything that's showing the why behind the increase? Um, Well, I I think generally, it's um, if you put it in the bucket of... uh, a lack of connection by the Liberals with most Canadians because in our data, what we see is among every voting cohort, so from 18 plus to 60 plus, and all the the breaks we do in between identifying them, the Liberals are behind. The Liberals are behind uh, in both uh, with both men and with both women. They're behind 
in every region of the country. Um, but it all fits into the bucket starting of affordability. And then you can look at uh, housing in a sense that, you know, despite their announcement yesterday um, and, uh, and, and other things they said they have done on housing, people aren't buying that, you know, they're addressing housing. They're feeling economic uh, tightening, um, carbon pricing, carbon taxation, pick your poison in terms of how you want to describe it is a big uh, irritation for them in certain parts of the country. In the West, for example, where you are, in Atlantic Canada, where I'm from, they're really getting beaten up on on all of that. And just uh, there's a general fatigue at this point we see in the data with uh, with the Prime Minister. I mean, I would just say this. In the 10 years that he's been, since he's been leader of the Liberal Party, so going all the way back to 2013, never did you hear... Um, you know, over public questioning of his leadership or doubt of his leadership going into this caucus in London, which they are now uh, having, you're seeing that come to the fore. So um, a lot of things brewing that are making life for Justin Trudeau difficult and creating opportunity for Pierre Polyev. Tim, do you, do you like uh, superhero movies like the DC and Marvel movies? Listen, I'm old school. I like to be <laughs> Lou Ferrigno Hulk. Oh, okay. How's that? Okay, well, uh, Hulk, we actually we had him on the program a few months ago. Great guy. Oh, there you go. Now, <laughs> what comes to mind to me is Superman, and we all know yeah. the character Superman. But what always you know, struck me was Superman could have the glasses on and be working in an office and just take off the glasses, and you wouldn't even recognize that it was, <laughs> it was a guy working right next to you in the office. Mm-hmm. A similar effect happened, I think, when it comes to Pierre Polyev. Here's a guy who we, we knew, and we knew what his role was. We'd seen him speak a million times, had a bit of a makeover. Doesn't have the glasses, maybe doesn't have the tie. Is this his superpower? Has that changed the dynamic, Tim, this new image of a Pierre Polyev? It hasn't hurt him, and, it, yeah. and it's helped him. I mean, we, not in this survey, but the one prior to it, so about a week and a half ago, the one you were originally uh, citing, we, we looked at uh, had uh, had people seen a commercial, if uh, commercials, I should say, if they had seen those ads, uh, had it changed their favorability? Of him, and I, I think um, certainly in the, in the first set of data points, we saw that yes, there there is an impact here. I mean, from a political st- strategist point of view, it's just astounding to me. And I think many in the Liberal Caucus, and this is why they're irritated as well, that the Liberals have almost waited for Pierre Polyev to implode and in the process of doing that allowed him Mm -hmm. to redefine who he is or define for Canadians for the first time who he wants to see that have them see him as so um, yeah the ads seem to be working um, and uh, no doubt scrutiny will come on Polyev but the longer the liberals allow Pierre Polyev to tell the story of who he sees himself being for Canadians the tougher it's going to be for the Liberals to counteract that. Yeah, I mean, do you think that it's as much, you know, Polyev and his new look and and all the things that the Conservatives are saying right now, or is it more that Canadians are just, you know, we've just lost trust and faith in Justin Trudeau himself, and therefore there's a rise in the Conservative Party? Uh, you nailed it. It's the latter, I think, at the moment, you know, uh, not to take anything away from the Conservatives and what they're trying to do. But 
I'm sure you're picking it up uh, in Alberta. We uh, see it everywhere, hear it everywhere I go. There's just a frustration, a disappointment, an anger. You pick your descriptor with the government. They're eight years in power. Uh, there's been a sense of real disconnect over the last year in a bit and a bit, I think, but more particularly the last year between Canadians um, and the Liberal government. I mean, part of governments that get into their eighth year do struggle. Uh, I mean, Stephen Harper had struggles. Um, uh, in this day and age, your best before date comes much more quickly. So, yeah, it's more a case of the the, the, the love affair with the Liberals waning among certain aspects of the Canadian public and that uh, waning has uh, created the, the rebound, if you will, to use a good romantic metaphor of, of Pierre Polyev at the moment. The rebound of what they want to see on, on that side. But when it comes to the Liberals, if you were, were paid, if, if you got this new fancy job, Tim, and you were paid to consult the Liberals, what would you tell them? <laughs> what should they be doing at this point to turn their fortunes around? Drink heavily and pray. Uh, <laughs> you know, and they can choose alcohol or sparkling water. Whatever, whatever, your, whatever your potion is. Look, I think they have to do... Uh, it's not just as simple as changing the leader, but that talk is starting to happen. I think to answer your question specifically, they really have to look at not just how they communicate, because that's pretty easy to fix. It's what you communicate. Are you on the right track? Can you do something to shake up the policy landscape um, instead of just mouthing words about how you're going to address things? You, you, you need a pretty dynamic shuffle of priorities and maybe look at one of your, you know, look at carbon pricing as an example. They've got some space there. You've had a lot of premiers, um, including a liberal premier from my home province of Newfoundland and Labrador, say, have a pause at the moment. Uh, your policy is working, but give us a pause as we have a break. Are they prepared to do something like that? Mm -hmm. um, I, I think if they did something unexpected uh, that benefited Canadians, maybe it helps them. Let's talk about, okay, so in in this little world we're going to, you know, make up right now, Prime Minister Justin Trudeau and the Liberals, they decide it's time for him to step aside, and he does so. Who's the right person to take over? Is there someone in the Liberal Party that, you know, can bring them back? There's never a savior, really. I think they grow into time. I mean, it took, you know, the Liberals a while to sort out who was really going to replace John Crutcher, and they had Mr. Martin there in a brief period of time, and then Mr. Ignatieff and Mr. Dion, and all those experiments didn't go well. But if you're, you know, in, in terms of the names that get mentioned, um, you've got former bank governor Mark Kearney. Uh, you've got uh, sometimes Chrystia Friedland, uh, Anita Anand, uh, Francois-Philippe Champagne, Melanie Jolie. Those seem to be some of the regular names there. Each comes with opportunity. Each comes with challenge. Um, but I think whoever, if, if, if Mr. Trudeau were to step down, whoever comes forward is going, whether they like it or not, to be carrying the baggage of a government of eight years and going to have to find a way to recast cast themselves in a in a different light than the prime minister. I mean, the P, the current prime minister, despite where he finds himself in the polls is still a pretty able political actor. The question is, do his followers and does he himself believe he's got one big last political act in him? Been interesting conversation, and it's an interesting time to watch it unfold in front of our eyes. Tim, thank you so much for your insight. You're welcome. Good to talk to you guys. You too.
That is Tim Powers, political commentator and chairman of Summa Strategies. You can find out more about what he does at Summa, S-U-M-M-A, strategies.ca. We've done it multiple times and we'll continue to do it in hopes that maybe it helps save a little bit of money here and there for all of us. And there's been talk of late that grocery prices have come down a bit. So are we seeing a bit of a difference? We've done these grocery comparisons, which we're going to do once again this morning, um, at different stores to kind of try and find the ones that have the best prices. But even within that, are prices just overall coming down a bit? It seems so. We hear it anyway. Are you experiencing it when you go to the checkout? Yes. I hadn't really noticed it too much yet, but I mean, now that I'm crunching the numbers from yesterday, it kind of looks like maybe but, but I saved a buck or two. The, the reason that when doing our grocery cart comparison, and the thing is, you wouldn't notice unless unless you have like items, mm-hmm. the same number of items, uh, because I think a lot of us were busy. But yeah, when you put it under the microscope like this, it's been pretty incredible. Reese, are we starting with Reese? Okay, let's start with Reese because he went to the place where you would assume is going to be the cheapest. Walmart, yes. I've been going to Walmart for the past few times with this grocery price comparison. So let's start off with dairy. Dairyland milk, 2%, 2 liters, $4.48. A pound of ground beef, $4.97. Got a good deal on some bread. Some fancy country harvest was on sale for two ninety seven. Mm. <laughs> some eggs. I just got the the great value from Walmart there at three ninety eight. And black diamond cheese was seven twenty eight, giving me a total of twenty three sixty eight. Which, if we look for the previous times down the line here, back in I believe this was May, it came out a total of twenty five twelve at Walmart. Mm. Buck and a half or so yeah. overall. And so. back in March, it was about roughly the same price. So a buck and a half savings here in this new run at Walmart from yesterday. So maybe maybe it's true. Maybe it's just a, getting a good deal on some good prices, or maybe prices are coming down a bit. It's not a huge difference, but hey, as we know, every little bit helps, right? So, okay, Andy, you went to the superstore. How did you fare? And again, we went to the same five products, milk, a pound of beef, a loaf of bread, eggs, and cheese. Yeah, absolutely. And this one here, uh, I was interested to see. I wasn't going for the just straight on sale items, but they have some like the uh, super or uh, great value, uh, everyday value type things too. The milk was by Beatrice Dairies, $4.49 for that two liters. The beef, $6 for one pound of beef. Uh, the bread was in-house, so they've got their, their, their beautiful, like their I showed you a picture. Yeah, yeah the beautiful loaf of bread. Uh, here's where I came out ahead, I think. The bread was a buck. Oh, yeah. And it was nice. fantastic. Eggs, three ninety nine, And the cheese was the big Cracker Barrel bricks that we had in the previous ones. Mm-hmm. And I thought this was one heck of a deal. It was $4.97. Ooh, that's a good sale. Because uh, that cheese will usually hit you. Mm-hmm. $20.45. $20.45 for my cart. And when you had done this back in May, uh, Sue, it was twenty five fifty two. One of the big deals on this, by the way, was your cheese. It was eight forty nine compared to less than five bucks. Wow. And when you go back to March, it was twenty four eighty four. So certainly down both times at the superstore. And that's good. And superstore is more than three dollars cheaper than Walmart in this particular comparison. Yes. Okay, so I did Safeway Sobies, um, and I was, I guess, not surprised by this. Uh, milk four forty nine. Pound of ground beef, seven seventy. Cheese, they're just their compliments brand, six seventy nine. Bread from the bakery, uh, two thirty nine. That's their in store bakery, and then a, a dozen medium eggs at three ninety nine. I come out at twenty five thirty six. So twenty five thirty six. Uh, well, 
over the price at the superstore and at Walmart. And how does that compare as we look back at the other ones? Uh, you, Andy, last time did Safeway and 2662 was the total. So a little bit down at yeah. Safeway Sobeys as well, wow. overall. Yeah. I did no frills. Yep. Right by my house there. Milk. Four forty nine, one pound ground beef, five ninety nine. Cheese. Now you guys went four hundred grams. I couldn't find four hundred grams, so I'd go seven hundred grams. Seven eighty nine. Bread, a buck ninety nine. Eggs, three eighty nine for a total of twenty four twenty two in comparison to May, twenty five sixteen in May. So down about a buck and a bit. No, wow. just under, uh, down less than, just less than a buck. So, I mean, overall, yeah. it's not a huge drop, but it looks like grocery prices maybe are on the downward trend. We can only hope, right? Well, you you got to look at this also in the sense that down a bit, these prices didn't leap up overnight. It took, it mm-hmm. took 18 exactly. months, two years. Yeah. So maybe we're going to be dialing it back. And a lot of the food economists we've spoken with on the program said it's never, ever going to go down. Well, I think the consistency here, yeah. the picture is painting that. I should say uh, Safeway Sobeys, I did look at the voila. You can know if you can pay a membership fee and get the pickup and that. And my cheese would have been free. Oh, Ooh. oh so there are bonuses so, still. Mm-hmm. I mean, yes, you're paying out to join some of these. Like at Superstore, same thing. If you join and you can get the, the delivery or go pick up, you know, pull in that parking spot and they bring it out to your car. So that costs you a little bit in the front. But at the back, maybe you're getting it back with, you know, free items and, and, and special deals. So maybe that pays off even a little bit more. Those flash sales that we see, some of the, yeah. you know, fridges and uh, freezers at Superstore, for example, I think. And then, of course, there's always that 15% off Tuesday at Safeway Sobeys. Mm-hmm. So to couple some of these prices that we've seen with some of those deals, you just have to be so sad. There are some smart apps out there that help you as well. So, you know, the what's the one that people are now doing when you get you go to the store and you buy that big bag? It's already set up for you. I can't think of it. If you go to the Superstore, it's at the front. You'll know exactly what I'm talking about. Somebody will text it in. But just to kind of wrap things up in terms of, you know, the four locations, what the prices were overall. So best pricing was Superstore for Andy. Walmart was next best. And then Dave's No Frills uh, was third and then most expensive. And not by a lot. I mean, there's not a huge difference in all of these. About yeah. $5 total from top to bottom. But Safeway Sobeys was the most expensive in this round.